0: From legendary locals, we all know, to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Ipswich City Council hands down its 2020-2021 budget. The surprise adoption of a new councillor discretionary funds policy and a pay freeze for councillors and senior council executives. It's Tuesday, June 30, 2020, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australians since 1999. A special meeting of Ipswich City Council was held this morning at 9.30 to hand down its all-important 2020-2021 budget of just over $603 million. For Mayor Theresa Harding and all councillors, it's been a whirlwind period of meetings and briefings to get to today. Mayor Harding joined me a short time ago. Thank you for talking with Ipswich today. Well,
1: thank you very much for the invitation, Alan.
0: Can we talk about the numbers and, of course, the one that everybody wants to know, what is the rate rise for owner-occupiers?
1: This budget is about sustaining jobs and creating jobs locally, so I'm deeply deeply sorry to have to ask women to share this burden. But through this budget, we're asking everyone to do their small bit so collectively we can make a big difference to our city's future. The rate rise will be less than a takeaway uh, cup of coffee per household per month. So that's going to be uh, a 2.75% rate rise for householders.
0: Some councils have bought in rate freezers. Was this considered for Ipswich as a possibility?
1: But it certainly was. We certainly modelled that and unfortunately we inherited a high level of debt. We also inherited um, overdue vital community infrastructure that hadn't been done, actually over $150 million worth of that work. And we decided what we would do was to make sure there were no job losses, that we would maintain services, but also make sure that um, council maintained its capital works program so we will buy local and help to stimulate the economy.
0: Major capital projects in the budget. Can you flag a few? I know there's a couple in, in train at the moment, like Marsden Parade, but, but what else is on the cards?
1: Sure. Look, $124 million will be spent on the Nicholas Street redevelopment. It is the biggest year to spend on that particular project. Uh, so that's obviously a key focus for us here. Um, we're spending $26 million of rate pays money towards road maintenance rehabilitation, which will add to the amenity and the listability of the city. Uh, this will be put forward to filling 5,000 potholes and repairing and resurfacing a n- network of over 1,500 kilometres of sealed roads. And we're going to be fixing up on about 300 kilometres of gravel road maintenance. Uh, we'll be completing the and parade realignment, which is obviously partway through. Uh, the budget's including $10.7 million on local parks, uh, $4.7 million on sustainable travel such as bikeways and public transport improvements. We're also getting back to that roads, rates and rubbish. So we're doing $3.6 million worth of work on new, new curb and channelling in Blackstone, Rebecca Plains, Walloon, Basin Pocket Gales and Emanto, as well as $2.6 million on rehabilitating existing curb and channelling.
0: That's an extensive list of work to be done. Are there any new programs that Council will launch?
1: Definitely, we're doing the duplication of the Springfield Parkway and Springfield Greenback arterial roads from uh, Centenary Highway to to Eden Station Drive. Uh, that gets a lot of congestion. It's a really important piece of work that gets, needs to be done. And we're also doing the Red Plains Recreation Reserve expansion as well, so a toddler um, play area and also studies into making that more teen-friendly as well with a skate park, uh, toilet blocks, and car park and better bit of lighting and footpaths and, uh, around there.
0: With changes to the Local Government Act, how is this year's budget different to the previous when it was called the Mayor's Budget?
1: Well, this is my very first budget, so, I've, I've, <laughs> so from, from a personal perspective, it's, it would have been a very similar approach that I would have used. But yes, you are right. The the law changed last year, so this is not the mayor's budget, this is the council's budget. So it means the entire council needed to agree. And in fact, in discussing it, we just also looked at: do we do special little sheets on each division? Do we to show what's happening in each division? And the council was decided they didn't want to do that. They wanted to take a city-wide approach. So when we put forward our budget, we'll be showing what we're doing for the entire city, not just our little patch.
0: Well, given the short period, councillors. Uh, have had in office, how much influence did you have over the final budget, given that the organisation was probably working on the numbers since about last November?
1: Yeah, that's right, um, Alan. So certainly the organisation had been working on a budget, but the council do have the final say as the elected representatives as to what would start, stop and go. Um, so we started off with looking at what our strategic priorities were, and then we moved on to the budget to make sure that was in line with our strategic, strategic priorities. Um, obviously, one of the first questions we look at is revenue. So one of the first things we did was look at what um, rating levels that we would be applying. And that was a really um, difficult one to do because we didn't want to raise the rates above CPI. But we what we were inheriting Herited and the um, you know the well-recorded loss of the $78 million for the previous council. Um, we've had to do the rate rise, but we've got to make sure that our economy keeps moving.
0: And finally, on a very busy day for you, are you on track to launch the Transparency and Integrity Hub on July one?
1: Yes, we are, and it's been, um, I've got to say, going through the financials of the, uh, those controlled entities has been a real eye opener. Certainly, the abuse of power and the blatant misuse of rate paid monies was, was wrong on so many levels. Uh, certainly, the lack of governance, the lack of accountability, and the poor project prioritisation has put us further behind the eight ball. Um, certainly, the past council had deferred planned spending of up to $150 million on a vital community infrastructure while still increasing the council's debt. So they prioritise expenditure elsewhere and some of these poor decisions are really hurting us now uh, as we, we can't afford that that infrastructure. But we have, I think, got a very sensible, uh, very considered budget And going forward, Alan, um, to make sure that we do the infrastructure that we need uh, now and also planning for the future.
0: Mayor Harding, thanks for talking to Ipswich today.
1: Thank you very much, Alan.
0: So to summarise the COVID-19 budget owner-occupier ratepayers face an average increase of $0.98 per week, or 2.7%. Some of that $603 million will be spent on the Nicola Street redevelopment, with $124 million, road maintenance at $26 million, local parks $10.7 million. Council also stated it is getting back to basics of roads, rates and rubbish. It's clear that Council has had two choices for this budget, a rates freeze, cap spending and reduced services, which would have meant job losses, or go with a rate increase and maintain existing levels of service. They've taken the latter option. In delivering the budget speech in the Council Chambers this morning, Mayor Harding also made particular reference to the previous dismissed Council.
2: I am deeply, deeply sorry to have to ask you to share this burden. Audit reports tabled in the Queensland Parliament show millions and millions and millions of dollars, over $78 million were squandered away by the previous dismissed Council. I cannot begin to express the disgust and the absolute heartbreak I have felt as I poured through the financial data of those controlled entities established and governed by the dismissed council. When I think of every ratepayer who worked hard to balance their family budgets and pay their bills on time, some having to make the choice to go without things and another, and then I think of the same dollars being spent haphazardly and irresponsibly by those by those with their hands in the public purse. We've all seen the headlines. I cannot help but wonder what a different budget this could have been for the people of Ipswich. And so, this is a budget for our times. Through this budget, we're asking everyone to do their small bit. So collectively, we can make a big difference to our city's future. The average rate rise to homeowners is roughly equal to one takeaway coffee a month. Or 98 cents per week per household. That's an average of 2.75 per cent per annum. To ensure we buy more from local businesses, our new Buy Ipswich procurement policy will start making it easier for council and local businesses to transact. We can all do our part to keep people working and stimulating economic activity. Please, I ask you, buy local where possible. Let's keep the doors of businesses open, especially those sectors which have been heavily impacted by COVID-19, such as retail, hospitality and tourism. They need our help. Make no mistake, I'm no show pony mayor and this is certainly not a council promising to pull a rabbit out of a black hat. This budget is about things that actually matter. Our capital works program is not based on the shiniest or sexiest projects, so you won't have a reason to fly around the world spruiking projects. This is a budget that focuses on investing in and building assets and maintenance that actually matter and make a real difference to the everyday lives of people who choose to live and work in this great city. For the first time ever, this Council has developed a three-year capital works budget budget. and the projects we'll deliver will be simultaneously good for the community and
0: good for local jobs. One decision that will be welcomed by ratepayers is a pay freeze for councillors and senior council executives.
2: While we're committed to keeping jobs safe, we must still be held to account and perform to the highest standards on behalf of our community and find savings and efficiencies where possible. Today I'm announcing that the councillors and also I'd like to thank the council executives who have also committed to share the burden. We have unanimously agreed not to adopt a pay rise this financial year, instead passing on the savings to deliver services to the community and relief to those really in need. As we look towards the second half of 2020, we have identified a range of opportunities to strengthen our city through the power of trust, transparency and productive partnerships.
0: Previously, the Mayor said the Transparency and Integrity Hub will start July 1 and made reference to it again today. The imminent
2: launch of the Transparency and Integrity Hub will ensure a higher level of accountability over financial performance, a crucial indicator in times where fiscal constraint must be exercised. We will all have access to the details of this budget and our monthly performance against it so we can track how we're delivering. We won't always be perfect, but we will be honest
0: with you. Residents doing it tough financially were acknowledged by Deputy Mayor Marnie Doyle.
2: In recent weeks, I personally have played a role in working closely uh, with residents and business owners, um, assisting them with navigating the way to access rate assistance uh, and and sometimes financial counselling and, and support. To say the least, um, it has been heartbreaking um, and at times confronting. Working on the front line. Um, assisting our residents and business owners in deep financial um, and emotional distress. And I'd just like to point out our staff at Ipswich City Council must be commended for the work on this. It speaks volumes of the culture of Ipswich Council, the general managers, management and our staff and the type of people we employ. I am proud to work
0: alongside this group. Also in this budget meeting, a new councillor discretionary funds policy was adopted. Mayor Harding addressed the previous council's policy on such matters before councillors were briefed by Council Executive Ben Pohl. Mr Pohl, you'll know from
2: the workshops that we've had that I guess this was quite a contentious, it So it, it, we had a lot of discussion around this because of what happened with the previous council um, and certainly this council showed a strong commitment to being open with this and, and, and whether we even have one or not. Do you mind taking us through what this policy that we're proposing will do?
3: Absolutely, thank you. Uh, so item 5.9 page 583, is a report recommending the introduction of the Councillor Discretionary Funds Policy. This policy has been developed in line with section 202 of the Local Government Regulation 2012 and in consultation with the guidelines provided by the Department of Local Government Racing and Multicultural Affairs. Officers have also reviewed and adopted discretionary funding policy and procedure from other Queensland councils. In the development of this program. Councillor Discretionary Fund's policy and program is substantially different to the previous discretionary funding of Council. As per the new regulation, total discretionary funds are limited to $18,000 per councillor per annum. Applications will first be assessed by officers in accordance with the eligibility criteria and eligible applications will be considered and approved at the discretion of the Mayor and Councillors via Smarty Grants, where all information relating to funding will be recorded. Council will maintain a record of all allocated discretionary funding and will publish this notice on Council's website, including the name of each organisation receiving funds and the amount and purpose of that funding. Discretionary funding will also be reported in Council's annual report in accordance with the Local Government Regulation 2012. As part of Council's broader community funding and support programs, Councillor discretionary funds provide a direct and quick response support for community organisations and recognise the role they play in developing and delivering initiatives that benefit the residents of Ipswich and respond to an identified community need. It's recommended that the councillor Discretionary Fund's policy be adopted.
2: Just for, for my comment, um, under the, the um, local government regulation, it allows 0.1% of the local government's revenue from general rates to be used, to, uh, to be used for discretionary fund. Where this proposal is looking at to be very on, to be open is uh, looking at each councillor. So there's nine of us for up to $18,000 for use discretionary funding, up to $1,000 for for each, I guess, event. And the councils can pull. Um, that will be um, checked by council officers, but also be transparent. Previously, under the other, under the previous, so that's a total of $162,000 for for a year that it could be, under the previous council it was actually $1.4 million. So it's being tracked. It's being it's being done within the regulations.
0: ipswich today is supported by kinetics people-powered web hosting trusted by australians since 1999 you can share this podcast from your favorite app including iHeartRadio, or play ipswich today from your smart speaker suggestions are welcome for future interviews and topics just go to the ipswich today facebook page and leave a message Music is from Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your
1: socials.